Hey, what's up, nerdies? Welcome to another episode of This Is The Way, Amanda podcast. I'm your host, English Dave, and joining me once again is my friend from Mineral Media, Eli. What's up, Eli? Dave, it's so good to be back. We have the two best pieces of Star Wars content, I feel like, in these last two episodes that we've had, I don't know, since the original trilogy, or maybe Revenge of the Sith. You know me. I'm so stoked to be back and be chatting up this amazing content. This second season of Mando continues to, to, to keep lifting the bar further and further, much more than I expected. This episode is titled The Tragedy, and the synopsis is as follows. The Mandalorian and Child Travel to an Ancient Site. This episode is written by Jon Favreau and directed by our boy Robert Rodriguez. And if you're a fan of his, this episode definitely showcases that. Robert Rodriguez is an inspiration to us when we were in film school. Uh, we talked about this off podcast, but we his book uh, "Rebel Without a Crew" uh, was sort of a, you know, the 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 I, the idealism that we could actually go shoot something on a low budget. And and you know, I'm thinking when I'm watching this episode one, this is so clearly Rodriguez, and two, he's probably coming in under budget. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, I'll bet a hundred bucks he is. Uh, and and it, it's just like that that amazing uh, confluence of awesome VFX, awesome a- action editing and sequencing, uh, and just his his style and flair. And he's perfect for something like Mando, which is exactly great. You know, and especially because of that whole Western cowboy theme. To you know, he he kind of likes to dabble in that in that in that space. Um, another Absolutely. fact of this episode, it's you know, Eli, you and I have. There's no secret about our feelings towards Boba Fett in terms of how he's presented in the movies compared to how fans have idolized him. This episode made me finally say, okay, I see it. I, I respect Boba. You know, I respect, I think I prefer Boba as old man Boba as opposed to younger Boba. I mean, we get so much more dimension with the character now. His introduction was so badass that I feel like the fanboys who love who who love Boba and have loved him since the original trilogy get that payoff. But then also the skeptics like you and I, uh, we, we sort of get to watch him enter the scene and go, okay, I'm on board now. That's what, that's what I feel like was the expectation. We never saw that to fruition and now mm-hmm. we have, and I'm, I'm fully on board. And like you said, an older Boba is more textured, is more layered. There's more depth to his character because he's not just some like dude standing in Arbor who's going to go hunt people down and has, you know, no remorse. He's a guy who's apparently loyal to his word. He's a guy mm-hmm. who cares, who wants to connect with someone who's kind of similar to him in, in uh, Mando. So hopefully a reoccurring character. But, I mean, he's, he's the kind of person that can, you can follow outside of Mando and you're mm-hmm. going to captivate the audience to mm-hmm. stick with him. And so there's just this expands the Mandalorian world. And I think uh, Tamara Morrison does a fantastic job kind of, fitting back into that role you know i mean he played his own dad he played his own dad before (laughs) he's a legend he's a legend and he looks great he looks great and i love it and i think he brought the action you know even though at times you could tell when it's a stunt man because you know tamara's got a bit of a boba's got a bit of a gut going on but you know we allow it because he can still kick us (laughs) we just thought was was great on tatooine I think our podcast mentioned that he ate his way out of the, the Sarlacc. That's how he escaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, it was also great to see Migna Wen return uh, as, as Fennec Shand. Because I thought yeah. Fennec Shand didn't... We didn't get enough of Fennec Shand before. And I thought that character's interesting. Yeah, I always yeah. loved Migna. So it's great to see her come back. And uh, let's get into the episode. The episode starts with Dank Farrick. If you're a fan of Star Wars lore, you know that's a curse word that's used. But this time, Mando uses it in excitement because... 
uh, Grogu pulled force pulled the knob from his hand and he's excited about it and you know we've been talking about how this season where Mando is forced to become more and more apparent as opposed to a protector and I love that moment because it, that's exactly what a parent would react like when their child does something great you know it's like throw the ball throw the ball yay you did it <laughs> and it also adds levels of personality to Mando he's not just stiff and, and stoic all the time what do you think of that moment well, I think, and and you've sort of been a champion of this whole time that the parental role of Mando is making this so um, it's going to be so intense when either there's a decision to spoiler alert that that they separate, obviously in this episode, uh, not by choice, but but what is looming is how is Grogu going to be trained, and if he has to leave uh, Mando's side, that could be problematic. Ahsoka said, you know, you guys have a special connection. And it makes the audience struggle with that idea, but it's also making the protagonist Mando struggle with that idea. And so it's introducing this massive uh, potential for conflict and none of us want to see them separate, but mm-hmm. uh, it may be obligatory as far as getting Grogu trained. Mm-hmm. Now, does Grogu need to be trained? That's the other question. Like that's a, that's a, that's a, I, I feel like in Star Wars, there's the concept of light and dark, good and bad, good versus evil, you know, like we have in so many Greek tragedy uh, or comedy type material. But Star Wars has so much been focused on, but what about that gray area? Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is a gray area character. What is, is Grogu going to be a dark and light character? Is he going to again be, you mm-hmm. know, bring up this theme of maybe it's not dark versus light, but you got to get a little bit of both to be a, a human being in a sense. Well, I feel like the constant fear in, Star, in the Star Wars universe is if we don't train him, someone else will. And that's what creates the, the issues, right? It's like, and that's oh, a great shit. looming conflict. Because, <laughs> of course, some, like, look at the way he's manhandling uh, stormtroopers at the end of this episode. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't mean to jump jump ahead, but, you know, this is a spoiler, spoiler filled podcast. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's, that's exactly the thing. So, wouldn't it make more sense to train him? I'm really curious to see mm-hmm. how they answer this question because. Um, we know that he's being hunted uh, mm-hmm. for his notable midichlorian count. And there's so many questions just from that that, that need to be answered. We can get more into that later. Because mm-hmm. uh, species-wise, I'm still also very curious about that too. Um, we finally arrive at the ancient Jedi temple on Tython. And again, if you're a huge super Star Wars fan, Tython is actually very, very important in Jedi lore. It's one of the original temples. We won't go into it, but it is one of the original ancient temples. And uh, this is, again, these are some of the moments that we really start dabbling into Star Wars lore or the fantastical elements of, of the lore. Just sim- simple things that see in the temple. Um, they finally go on the temple. And I was kind of envisioning what that would look like. And I like the sequence where, you know, Grogu's on the, on the pedestal and suddenly poof, the Jedi magic comes around. I was like, whoa, yeah. I wasn't expecting that, you know, in this show. I was wondering, like, as it built up, how the, exactly he was going to get in touch with someone. And I, I was assuming maybe a force ghost or a, mm-hmm. a force voice or whatever that was going to be. I was half expecting to hear Liam Neeson's voice, <laughs> like, just because he is like the the character who bridged that gap from, yeah. you know, the, the afterlife. The OG force ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the way they did that, what I really like is how Mando, you know, couldn't penetrate that. Mm-hmm. And it just showed like the, you know, if, if you're connected to the force, how uh, impenetrable that connection can be. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool symbolism. I really wonder, was he communicating with someone or trying to communicate with someone? I guess that's the question, right? 
I found like when I was watching, the only thing I could think of was he's clearly communicating with someone. Um, I, I just got that. Just the facial expressions, everything. That that's just the sense I got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I could, but but I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. <laughs> ask my partner. I mean, it could go anywhere. We could be surprised again. Because again, uh, uh, um, Ahsoka said he should reach out into the force, and maybe someone will hear him. So. You know, my question is like, was he just reaching out or did someone hear him and was he communicating back and forth with this person? Who is this person? Could it be someone that we know? You know, especially, you know, this this show isn't afraid to bring people from the animated series. We have other characters like uh, Ezra. Again, I'm not, if you want to find out who these characters are, do some research. I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, while Mando can't penetrate the force field, a famous ship arrives. Eli, how did it feel seeing the Slave One? In a new version, not a re, not a rerun or old video, a new version of the of the slave one. Well, not a new version of the slave one, but seeing the slave one again. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was with, I was with my fiance who who does not, we're, so full disclosure, we're watching Star Wars through, mm-hmm. but we I'm we're doing it tr- in true chronological order as far as the canon. So we started with Episode One, and so she watched episode two but she wouldn't connect the two mm-hmm. and so i'm sitting there like that's slave one you do you see that's that's, <laughs> no, that's gotta be boba fett that's gotta be that's gotta be. she's sort of like looking over at me like what from what uh, epi- i'm like episode two you might drink about oh yeah that's like the kid in the head yeah but but it's slave one <laughs> i feel like a lot of people were having that type of reaction but like because I'm not even a Boba Fett guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I just can only imagine like what across not just the U.S. but like the world when people saw that yeah. they were just freaking out. <laughs> just going crazy. I, I've always loved how the Slave One how it angles itself and it kind of turns sideways, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the way it does. I always imagine someone standing in it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, it reminds me of it reminds me of like those jigsaw uh, fair carnival. Yes, yes. Rides exactly. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, unable to pull Grogu out of his force meditation, Manda goes to investigate the, sh- the ship. And after a bit of a shootout, we see that it is indeed Boba Fett, um, which is really great to see again, to see uh, Tamara Morrison uh, revisit the character. Though technically this is his first time he's actually played Boba Fett in character, right? Because I think he rec- they were retroactively put him, his voice over the character in, in the original movies. And I think he was put yeah. something like that. But I think this is the first time he's actually played Boba. Because I think earlier on it was his, he played his own father, right? He didn't play Boba. He played Django. He yeah, played Django. He played Django. Right. Um, all he wants is his armor back. Remember the armor that Mando took? But Ma- Mando is like, uh, no, you're not a Mandalorian. It's, I'm keeping this shit. And so Boba threatens him and says, well, you know what? In return for the safety of you and, and the child, give me my armor back unless I'm going to have Fennec Shand over there shoot the child. Um, I also love that we see that Fennec Shand, you know, how she survived. Boba had kind of put some uh, cybernetics in her, uh, which is interesting. I wonder how far the cybernetics go. I wonder how that story happened. Did Boba do it himself or find someone? What are Boba's engineering skills? Like how, <laughs> is, he, is he, you know, a warrior? Is he, you know, does he got a little bit of, you know, technician ability? It's, right. It's kind of cool. Like, what what would what was he doing on Tatooine this whole time? And, and it's not been that long. It's been what five years, maybe but still six so, years. Well, that's my other question. You know, other people have posed this question: Why didn't he get the armor back from 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 uh, the marshal initially? Why did he wait for for Mando to get it and then go after Mando? 
Or maybe he tried. I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll make an that so question. So it's either a an exceptional plot hole, or they're going to dedicate an entire series to <laughs> fill, to fill the plot hole, right? Like the right. twelve parsecs issue. <laughs> Seriously, that's what Star Wars is doing. It's like Star Wars is now just filling in plot holes. It's just retroactive <laughs> plot hole filling, um, and it's all good content. It's so good. What um, is Rogue One? Is Rogue One not just a you know? filling the plot hole of like how they got the Death Star plans and and also like why the Death Star has such a glaring like or, or that exactly yeah. right yeah. it's like why does it have how such a bad such a weakness yeah exactly literally that is what Rogue One is about I'm, I'm like I'm watching Rogue One I had to pause it because my my infant is you know hard to sit there two hours yeah but I mean like I'm, I'm just watching going this whole movie is entirely predicated around a really glaring plot weakness yep. <laughs> and i'm into it hey, and i'm all about it that's the genius of it right it's that's why it's yeah. a smart idea it's like, hey we should make a movie that explains this and that's what right. they did um while they're arguing two trooper vehicles transport vehicles arrive fun fact we have seen those transport vehicles yes, which will be la later used by the first order we saw uh, in uh, in uh, um, the force oh, awakens that's how we yeah. meet Finn in one of those. They're, they're very spacious inside. A lot of troops can fit in there. I feel they don't care about space. Just squeeze in. What that reminded me of was how it was so uh, distinct that when you're inside that transport, it's very Saving Private Ryan. You see, you meet Finn for the first time in Force for of Weekends. Uh, and I just love so much how, how they shot that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I hope we get a little more of that like vibe of just like Stormtrooper perspective and how like, it's like a reign of terror, but also the individuals involved in it. It's like mm. terrifying for them too. Here's another fun fact. Not this episode, but the previous episode is one of the first times we hear a female trooper. We hear the yes. voice of a female trooper. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the first time we haven't seen the, obviously we don't see the faces because we never see faces, but we hear the female scream of a female trooper, which is like a little nice addition that I like. Um, they battle the troopers and uh, Fennec Shan does her best to take him out. I love when she takes him out with the boulder. I thought it was a nice little cool move. Were you a little Indiana Jones kind of right? Spielbergy? Like that's <laughs> the first thing that that popped in my mind. Of course, I mean every episode I like to tweet spoilers without context, and I tweeted the a GIF of the Indiana Jones Boulder escape because that was just the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, yep, <laughs> and you can see one of the troopers just get squashed. I was like, Oof, right, out right. by the boulder, and of course we finally see Boba in action, which was fantastically great. He he took his uh his uh, uh armor. And he just starts kicking. No, at this point, he doesn't. He doesn't have the armor yet, and he's also using the the the, the Gaffy stick or Gaddafi so, stick. Yeah, before he gets his armor, he uses yes. he he uses the 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 weapon of the Sand People. Yes, of the Tuscan Raiders. Which uh, I'm glad we got to see. We've never seen those weapons in use. We've just seen them holding it. Yeah, and they're devastating. They've got like big. <laughs> they're very like bug like. They've got mm -hmm. these big barb at the end, and like, mm -hmm. ooh, God, I don't want to get knocked by that thing. Yeah, it's, but once he once he does get his armor, he's he says enough of this. He looks he 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 sees his armor, goes and gets it, and it's just his, again like I said earlier, his intro is so badass. Mm -hmm. Like he just comes in with so much swag, so much swag, Ooh. so much swag, just drip. Yep. I, and I I loved it. I also love when he does the, the 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 knee rockets, which is the first time we've seen them on screen. We you know fans have known they existed, but it was right. you know that could have easily been a corny moment where he puts his knees up. Shoots, but mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of a badass. I was like, mm, yeah, nice, nice. I love the, the the brief moment with the with the troopers 
when the, the lead troop is like, flank them, you idiot! Just little moments like that. It almost feels like it was like a meta way to make fun of every action sequence with like soldiers. Just flank, right. flank, you know, it's like, it's just so played out. Just flank them. After Boba takes out the two transports that try to escape, I love the little joke. I was going for the other one. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know it looked badass, but that's not what I was right. trying to do. Right. <laughs> Just subtle, just because you need that. You need that in these action scenes. You need that. And it's like, let's remember the original trilogy and what made Star Wars so charming. It's the fact that it didn't take itself too seriously. Mm -hmm. It like recognized it was a goofy space movie. Exactly, exactly. But at this point, Gideon has had enough. And from the, 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 the stratosphere, shoots down and boom. As far as I'm concerned, this is the tragedy, tragedy of the title. The Razor Crest R.I.P. You know it's crazy. A whole bunch of people have had per recently purchased like special editions of the Razor Crest figurines, <laughs> and now it's destroyed. And sorry, guys, that's it. Hey, it makes it more <laughs> valuable. You know, it's like when uh, when a player retires, a rookie card is more valuable. It, it, it's true. You know, it's funny because you know this is the the blessing and the curse of TV. It's like in my mind, it's like what the Razor Crest just arrived. You destroying it already? But then you think about it, the Razor Crest has had more screen time than any Star Wars spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. of movie no, versus TV true. show, <laughs> you know. That's so that's so true. Yeah. So it's like okay, well, it's just because we got so much in a condensed time, as opposed to and spread we, over. We've got to kill our darlings, you oh. know. You they're like, do you want to see Baby Yoda die? You want to see Grogu die? You want to see the <laughs> Razor the Crest? Razor Something's got to go. The Razor Crest. I, but the thing is, the stakes. I feel like the problem with the Razor Crest is that it was like a long death. They just kept on beating it, beating it, oh, beating it. <laughs> Till finally they destroyed it, it. I I feel like everything that happened to the Razor Crest was what should happen to the Millennium Falcon as far as like how <laughs> beat to shit it gets, but it's always fine. Right. It's like, no, the Razor Crest gets beat to shit like an old Impala, mm -hmm. but like looks like it's in bad shape. Or like the Millennium Falcon will just go through hell and be like, yeah, but it's still <laughs> <looks> good. good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Only thing that survives is the little knob that Grogu likes to play with. Which I is that made a Beskar? I don't know, maybe. Or and definitely the Beskar spear, which again, many are assuming that that Beskar spear is going to be instrumental in Mando's fight against Moff Gideon using the dark saber. Because you know, Beskar it seems inevitable at this point. Yeah. It's like why introduce that that spear exactly to begin exactly. with. That being said, Mando held his own against Ahsoka, who has two lightsabers, and I guarantee knows how to wield them uh, better than moff gideon but though i will say that i think in that fight he was still being more defensive certainly was being defensive yeah. but like think about like ahsoka ahsoka's light saber skill hmm. who was trained by anakin who is maybe the best lightsaber duelist outside yoda mm -hmm. and moff gideon who we don't know anything about and maybe is a super dope swordsman but like who's truly going to be better no, so I could I could plausibly see Mando holding his own even without the Beskar spear. That being said, what kind of fight do I want to see? <laughs> Horse, dope of spear versus the dark spear. <laughs> I need to point this out though because I wasn't I I, I you know we we see and, and actually I'll, I, I can point it out later. But the animation of the dark saber was very disappointing to me. Yeah. It looked like shit. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna straight up say that I, animation looked like dog shit. Yeah, the the, the dark save is weird because it's, I think it's more the style they ch they choose because it's supposed to have a weird 
look to it, almost like a negative black hole. But I don't. Yeah. I agree with you. It's it. It looks weird in terms it of choices. It looks awesome in Rebels. Yes, it looks great. Yeah. I think in this one, it's still, it still looks the same as it does in Rebels in live action. Is yeah, it looks like there's nothing there in his hand. It looks like a fucking cartoon. Like like it looks like they've 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 rotoscoped. There's no weight. There's no yes. Yeah, yes. It looks rotoscoped. Very much rotoscoped. Like someone was sat there frame for frame. <laughs> and I hate to nitpick, but like okay. Star Wars sets sets the bar for visual effects. No, I agree. It I does. think the the dark saber, dark, its name it, like, is better than its look in the show. If we see, um, a battle between the two, dope ass Beskar spear and shitty animated dark saber, and it looks as bad as it did, I will still be incredibly happy. <laughs> but the whole time I'll be like, God damn, that looks like shit. And then keep watching. <laughs> I think it makes harder because nowadays with the lightsabers, they actually have on set tubes of light that they use as reference so that it glows. But it's like you can't have a black light because a black light isn't black. So I guess that's what makes it harder and tougher to do. Um, speaking of dark, we then introduced the dark troopers, which we've seen previous episode, but not in action. The dark troopers are sent after Grogu. Mando tries to rush as fast as he can. So when I saw the Dark Troopers, I was like, okay, I know what Dark Troopers can do. I know that how this is going to end. This is not good. Uh, but these were mechanized Dark yep. Troopers, were they yep. not? Yes, they I are. I thought Dark Troopers from like, from like Battlefront 2 and everything, Dark Troopers were still like beings. Mm-hmm. They were not droids. These look like droids. Though, again, I don't Am know. Am I missing something? I don't know too much about that. There are a section of Dark Troopers that are droids as well. But I'm These also were droids, thinking. For sure. You saw their feet. They had fucking holes in them. Sorry, but I'm like, thinking, is this like a hybrid of sorts? Because they are dealing with cloning. Is it like a cyborg thing where there's a brain or something? I don't know. I'm again. I might be overthinking. I'm not this. upset about it. They were they were awesome. Yeah. And like, if you're like, for example, a droid army. I get it. It's practical. If mm-hmm. I had billions of credits, like I wouldn't have human beings fighting mm-hmm. my battles. I have droids. And so in this case, it makes perfect sense. I just want to know. I'm like, wait, are these living organic creatures or are these just droids or like you said, are they a hybrid? And so that's what I kept thinking about. I read somewhere as well that the dark troopers somehow are imbued with uh, elements so of the force. force training. Yeah, they got Hold some on. force I hear, training. I hear stomping downstairs and I'm worried that it's something's going on with my child. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. The child. Okay, sorry about that. That scared the shit out of me. No, 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 no worries. Dark Troopers. I actually Dark just read troopers. somewhere as well that there was a point where some uh, um, some um, troopers took the armor of the Dark Troopers and would wear it. So that's a thing as well. They wore okay. the Dark Troopers. Yeah. So I guess there's more stuff the Dark Troopers that we can this find out. It's a very out. expansive universe that right. uh, it's hard to keep up on, even if you're an expert. Right, right. Or a fanboy. <laughs> um. Boba goes after them to try and shoot them down. Manda reminds them that, uh, no, he's got the child with him. Don't shoot them down. So Boba chases after. And I love Boba's reaction to be like, the Empire's back. Like, holy shit. You know, yeah, and, yeah. You know and as fans who've seen the films, we know that it's not necessarily the Empire, but the evolution of the Empire, which is the new order. But of course, Boba would the say transition the transition to the First Order. Yes. Oh, yeah, First Order. I say New Order. The First Order. So this is, you know, I also like that because that's the questions that we've, We've had looming as fans of well, suddenly there's another, uh, another force of bad guys. You know, the new order of the first order. How did that happen? Yeah, and and Mando right, right. showing us that slow 
you know, especially a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, we even had one of the New Alliance officers speaking to Karen and saying something is happening. We need to pay attention to this, and I think this is part. This is, continues that conversation of seeing that um, with his ship destroyed, Grogu taking Manda doesn't know what to do, but uh, um, Boba, after giving evidence that says this is my armor, look, it was my dad is. You know, and I like the kind of connection of saying when Manda noticed, oh, your dad was a foundling too. It's like, ah. And yeah. that's a lot of tidbit we didn't really know about Boba because we, we all, always knew that Boba isn't a Mandalorian. He was wearing right. Mandalorian armor. And this is a nice little tidbit because to Jango as to why. wasn't a Mandalorian, right? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And so I was like, ah, okay. His father was a foundling. He got the armor and, and gave it to him. And I didn't realize that the armor keeps records of its owners. That's a nice little... Yeah, I like touch. that little touch. Yeah. I, it's like, uh, you know, you look at the ca- your camera, it records you know, how many camera hours you've used. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of you get a little history of it. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. And uh, you mentioned earlier that Boba is a man of his word. Uh, and he tells Mando that, you know, when we agreed to, to give me back my armor, the agreement was I was going to keep you and the child protected. And the child has been taken, so I still owe you a debt. So once again, Mando, I think this season's Mando is just going around like gathering friends, like Avengers. I, I sent I sent you something on Twitter that I thought was super funny, and it was the, like this season is just all about Mando making best friends everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he was a lone a lone person right. suddenly, like he's like right. that lone gunman who's making all these friends. Right. <laughs> Speaking he's the most of friends, popular guy ever. Right. Speaking of friends, Mando heads back to uh, Navarro where he meets again Cara Dune, and now Cara is the official Republic Marshal. After getting the the badge, I think it's a nice little honor for her. We saw this when Mando returns to Navarro that uh, Cara Dune's getting courted by the New Republic. Mm -hmm. And so we see that she's now, you know, sort of officially joined. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great because her character has faced a lot of pain in the past. And then we see her scrolling through the, the, you know, different prisoners. And we see Bill Burr's character. Yes, Mayfield. And I will take Mayfield any day of the week. Bill Burr is just an amazing so great. comic artist, actor. I mean, I, when I saw it, I was like, yes, he's can, coming back. That's so Can I tell good. you, when he was introduced to coming to the show, I was like, really? Bill Burr? I mean, I like right. him, but on this, what? And then now I'm like, okay, I he like him. I'm excited. so weirdly perfectly. <laughs> right? How could Bill Burr be good for the Star Wars universe? I don't no know, but he's fantastic. You know, and I love perfect. And I love the moment where like Mando tells her, yeah, I need help breaking him out of prison because I need his help to break into Gideon. And she's like, oh, yeah, but I'm a good guy now. I can't do all this. And he's like, but they took the baby. She's like, all right, what do you need? And, yep, you know, yep. like... <laughs> and I like how there doesn't need to be an explanation about why everyone is so into Grogu. Yeah. Because of course, it's Grogu. come on, we all, <laughs> anyone who watches Star Wars into it, of course, anyone who actually interacted with the guy Right. Be all about him. Right. A couple of episodes back when he meets uh, Grief again for the second time and Grief's like, oh my God, come here, little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, lo- I always love Grief's interaction with baby. Do the yeah. magic hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And we cut to the epilogue of the episode. Gideon is with Grogu. And I love, you mentioned it earlier, Grogu just using his powers, taking out the troopers. And I feel like there are two types of fans' reactions to that. You have the the kind of casual star wars fans who only really know the mandalorian things like that who are like oh that's cool grogu's taking out the troopers then you have the hardcore fans like us like no grogu you're going down the dark side exactly right <laughs> we all like people who have been you know 
indoctrinated into the Star Wars lore. We're watching that like, oh no, exactly. Oh, no, <laughs> this wasn't a good use of his powers. This was like, oh, you sweet little baby. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. Yep. Oh, we've seen Fear it before. <laughs> leads to anger. Yep. And especially when, when, when Gideon's like, no, let him keep doing it. It's like, oh, he knows as well. Gideon mm-hmm. also knows. It's like, ah, oh, this bastard. Also, it was good to see the return of the of the stun. We haven't really seen that, the circle stun yes. thingy. Uh, that's a great point. When I saw it, I was like, oh, because I was thinking, I was like, how are they going to get him to stop right. that? <laughs> yeah, and the sun, I was like, oh, well, of course, of course. All right, we don't really see the stun often. I feel like they and forget. I love how they use they use the exact same shitty effect. Too. Right, right, exactly. You, the bleed, you, like you got to, because if you had made it better, then that would stand out. Exactly. Like, I'd be like, well, exactly. They just use the same shitty effect, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Again, it's little things like that that you tell that these are people who who know their Star Wars, do research, just subtle. Even even the blue butterflies when. Grogu's on, yeah. on the mound. Those yeah. are we've seen those before mm-hmm. in similar contexts. You know, like just little touches like that that just I just love because it's one of those things that, like you said, if you notice, you notice. If you don't, it's fine. Right. You're still going to enjoy it. Because it just the adds episode. texture. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, but like the texture they're adding is like it's appeasing some very specific person who's mm-hmm. paid attention to some specific thing, whether it's in the canon or the expanded universe or whatever. It's just like the fan treatment done in a tasteful way is just absurd. And like the amount of knowledge you have to have about such expansive amounts of content is crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm, I'm like, I wonder how much time John Favreau has spent like just with Star Wars content. Right, right. Overall, just like right. how many thousands of hours is crazy to conceive. Um, especially between him and Dave Filoni. Gosh, I can imagine the two of them right, together. Right, right. <laughs> Um, that's the end of the episode. Like I said, it's the shortest of the of the series so far, but for me, one of the best. I think even the action sequences, you know, the way the way it's blocked and framed. I think uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez does a fantastic job with that, giving that kind of gritty, very feel. Butch Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Really, like the whole really loved it. the whole episode takes place in this like patch of desert. Yeah, it's you not know, boring. The, the last two episodes. I mean, truly, we're, we're such incredible Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see, because these last two episodes that are coming up, I mean, the penultimate episode traditionally in TV series, as we've seen lately, has been the most action-packed and the most mm-hmm. crazy. So this episode seven might be wild. Uh, and then episode eight is, is going to lead us into a whole nother, you know, whatever that might be. The fact that they made five and six this good Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm excited. What I'm an excited. Yep. And just like what cliffhanger is the final episode going to end? Because like? you know it's going to be a cliffhanger. Oh, you know, yeah. You know it has yeah. to be some kind of cliffhanger. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited. Are you nerdies excited? Let us know your thoughts on the seasons of the series so far and your expectations for the future. Find us on social media at the Nerdy Bunch. Eli, are you on social media? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mineral Media is on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And really just find us on Instagram and uh, we're, we're out here. We're out yeah. here doing our thing. Okay. Well, thank you, Eli. I look forward to the next episode. Can't wait to be back. Uh, have no idea what to expect other than the fact that I know we're going to see Mando fight Moff Gideon and I can't wait. Oh, I cannot wait. Give me back my baby. Damn That's it. Right. <laughs> Dank Frenic. on that note my name is english dave thank you nerdies for listening and as always eli 
Great to see you. Keep it nerdy. Peace. Peace, Neds. <laughs>